passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Bubba. You know, it's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. What are you going to get that friend or friends? Whether it's for a regular friend or a friend that you're in their pants, you can make this season a jolly one with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products, and you're going to have all the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you, big boy. Santa cares about a sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty. It's all by going to manscaped.com and using my promo code Bubba. That includes free shipping and 20% off. Smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. How about the Crop Preserver? It's a ball deodorant. Or the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner. They can solve your stank problems all day long. And once they touch your sack, you never go back, buddy. Get 20% off and free shipping using Bubba as your promo code at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code Bubba. Manscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holiday. Hello, hello. Welcome to Blummel. The after show today. A lot of things to discuss. I feel like a lot of things were overlooked this week. Big, big stories. China. China. Crypto bosses falling left and right. What is going on? I don't know. I have more questions than answers. But it seems like a lot of people that were involved in crypto are all of a sudden dying in their sleep at the age of 30, which seems or in heli- bizarre. Was it helicopter crash? Helicopter crash. Another guy from Hong Kong just, uh, he had a not Asian name, but he was Asian. That's all I remember. I don't know if it was an alias or something like that. It didn't seem like it was his real name, but uh, Kyrian, something like that. I'll find it. Let's see. Yeah, there was a guy that died a few, a f- couple, few weeks ago. The helicopter guy died. What was the Russian guy? Yeah. Uh, Titian Kuliander, crypto founder. Uh, 
dies at the age of... This is not in English. That's why I'm having trouble reading it, which would make sense. Uh, Yeah, he died in his sleep. That's what they said. That's all the information that they gave us. Um, they don't, it's, it's weird that they don't really even try to, they talk more about his achievements, what Mm -hmm. he did 30 under 30, um, and that he was a loving father, devoted husband, but somehow just dropped dead in the middle of the night in his sleep. It doesn't seem that he was, uh, particularly overweight at all. I don't think he had 30. Oh yeah. That happens all the time to 30 year olds. And he, uh, it does not seem like he had any underlying conditions. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. The Russian dude dies in a helicopter crash. It it's just seems to be bizarre. It seems well, did you to hear be... the helicopter crash deal was like, what was it? One of his partners or a business associate, like right before it took off, he's like, nah, you know what? I'm not going to go. And it crashed. Yeah. I, uh, again, just when things just don't seem to add up. What's going on here? I don't know. Lots of questions, not a lot of answers for you today. Uh, I did want to talk about China because what's going on there, and I don't know if many of you have been following along, but it seems like they have a pretty violent way about um, <laughs> imposing their will on their people, which really? is which is crazy because like uh, China don't fuck around, Mm-mm. you know. Um, they've made a lot of progress, respect, um, but really there's really no limitations on the progress you can ma- make when you don't care about human well-being. Like that really kind of like, it, it, you think about slavery and things like that, or whether it's in the form of in the Americas or in Egypt, say, or wherever, if you want things built and or in the Roman Empire, things like that, if you want things built um, and you don't want to uh, pay people or have it take away from other resources, slavery and forcing people to do things and not caring about their well-being is a really good way to do it. It's a really good way to build a soccer stadium in Qatar when you just have, you know, even the the Qatari... Uh, I don't know if it was like some sort of ambassador or spokesman for the country even said they were low ball and they're like four to 500 people died building the stadium like openly, you know, and that's you would think they would deny all claims, but they're openly admitting that four to 500 other estimates say, I think, as high as six, seven, eight thousand migrants have died working on that soccer stadium. I'm not sure how that exactly happens like how are they dying because they're being uh, overworked is it because the conditions aren't very safe and they're just falling off the scaffolding like I don't really are they not being fed because that's really not a, a good way to keep people around if you want them to work hard is you know malnourish them so not really sure what's going on um I saw that this guy this doctor we want to bring COVID back again. You're not um, going to say it? Not going to say it, but he he said that the most perilous moment of the COVID pandemic is now. So yeah. I was like, okay, another fucking Fauci Mark who is like, we can't forget about COVID. But that's not really what he was saying. Like when I, because at first I was just like, again, 
I don't want to hear about COVID. This is bullshit. I thought that he was going to start talking about the uh, the the new uh, variants and things like that. But what he was saying is that the way that China's handling things over there is going to have an impact on the rest of the world, which is funny because that's where it started. Mm-hmm. But he's saying it's spiraling across control, uh, spiraling out of control in China. And uh, the people are taking to the streets, which also isn't helping the situation when you've got a lot of people with a disease. It doesn't really matter what they're protesting, whether it be BLM, whether it be human rights, whether it be fuck the government, whatever it is. If there's a if there's a virus that's rampant, the virus isn't woke. The virus is probably going to spread if you've got a lot of people out and about. Um doing things in in large numbers. But with this situation in China, this doctor saying they basically played it so wrong because they're trying to eradicate a disease that they're going to have to live with. So essentially what he's saying is because they were so strict, really no one has kind of built up any immunity to it, you know, exposing yourself and trying to live Mm. with it. Um, apparently they've also been using, I think their own vaccines cause they're like, uh, Johnny, we can do it ourselves. We don't want to import it. So I don't know if they're working with Pfizer. I think they're working with like subpar, uh, vaccines that, you know, apparently are less effective th- than the ones that we have, I guess. I don't know. Good. And then on top of that. You have a bunch of people who have no immunity to the disease because they were locked up now hitting the streets and now it's spreading very rapidly and rampantly and a lot of people are getting sick. And so he's just saying that, you know, he's kind of acting as a whistleblower saying, hey, the way they've been handling it is really not great and it's going to lead to a significant COVID spread globally and lead to, um, you know, innumerable amounts of deaths. Now, this guy could just be Johnny Doom- Doomsday. Who knows? Because obviously he made the news, so he's just trying to, you know, uh, bring some attention to it. But it is interesting the way that China handles just business, and uh, you know, generally speaking. Um, I'm fascinated by China. I'm fascinated by the growth of China and the fact that they are essentially, uh, I mean, they're our economic competitor. And what's even more scary about China, the more powerful and um, the more influence they wield, is that now they're cozying up with Russia. Because we could beat China now, right now, maybe not in a couple of years. We could beat Russia. But can we beat a Russia-China alliance? alliance? I don't know. I don't know, but um, we'll see. We'll uh, see. I'm not so sure it's a slam dunk to beat China right now as it is. So, um, I think again, I'm not. I don't know all of the details right now. I know that like our economy, our GDP is larger than China's. I don't think it's set to stay that way. Um, as far as military goes, I I think we're still number one. I think. Um, but again, China, when you're working with countries that don't care about their own people, that is just a a massive advantage. You know, you think about the 19 hijackers that brought America down on its knees because of, you know, 
Not think, to saying it was a country, but whatever. I think a lot of Americans would be very surprised if they actually looked and saw what kind of military equipment China has. Like impressed or not impressed? Very impressed. Yeah. They, they, I mean, <clears throat> I, I have a feeling they still think that like, oh, they've got what they've got a few airplanes, you know, maybe a tank or something, but no big deal. No, they've got stuff that's probably like far superior to what we have. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess most Americans aren't paying attention to anything, so maybe, maybe that, maybe they just think they they hear a lot about China. They they seem to notice that a lot of cheap things are made in China, but um, China's just really, really interesting because you know their political system, as they call it, is communist with Chinese characteristics. Which, mm-hmm. what the fuck does that even mean? Um, basically saying we're we're communist in the sense of like uh community and we want to keep the the like the civilians down you know but we also want to reap the benefits of capitalism and a market economy so they've somehow combined it where you know i don't know how they pay people over there if everyone just kind of gets a like UBI or something like that. I I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but basically everything is for uh, the state. It it's mm-hmm. it's much more of a communal society. A lot of Asian cultures are like this, but especially China. Just uh, everything is for the state of China, Mother China, et cetera, et cetera. Where in America, it's more about you know individualism and this American dream, which I don't even know if that's a thing, but the notion of the American dream that if you, you can come to our country, we'll take your poor, you're tired, whatever. But if you work hard and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can make your, make your, make something of yourself in this country and succeed and, and live a very, you know, a, a pretty free for the most part, a pretty free, um, and comfortable life, which is true. I yeah. think to you know to it's, some degree, um, it seems like there's been some some limitations on that in recent years. But for the most part, if we're doing a compare contrast, we're very very free in this country. Now you talk to people like Alex Jones, and you talk to people like uh, trying to think who else is like a you know beware of the globalists, but. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of those people seem to think that there's a cabal of you know, quiet elites that we we don't even know their names that are kind of pulling the uh, the puppet strings on the rest of us, mm-hmm. or not even just the rest of us, but people we think who are in charge, you know, like people like the president or people in Congress, when really it's these kind of like shadowy figures that are, uh, you know, have money in places that we don't even know, several countries, foreign banks, and they're the ones that are kind of fueling where they want this country and this world to go, this whole, this fear of, of, of globalism. And if I really think about globalism, I mean, I guess it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're really rich and you yield a lot of power, you're, I, I don't want to say willing to share, but you're kind of just willing to work with other people that are in that class of like multi-billionaire wielding power, controlling people. Um, and it seems like it that wouldn't be the case because you would think that each country would have its own interests at heart, right? Like you'd think America would be concerned about American influence and power and well-being and, and Italy would be concerned about their well-being, mm-hmm. you know, power. But 
But it seems to be that it's transcended borders. And again, this is depending on who you talk to, but it's transcended borders and that it's really just about this elite cabal of people who um, are trying to to again, it's like how much power could you want or need? But it seems like that is kind of like a limitless quantity, perhaps. Right. You're like, you got everything you want. What else do you need? But I think at the point of like the George Soros's, the Bill Gates, you know, you throw Jeff Bezos in there. I think at that point, it's more just about like legacy. Right. Because it's like you already yield enough power, like more power than any person could ever want. So, yeah. you know, you have enough money where like it's just it's essentially limitless. Like you get I mean, unless you buy Twitter over and over again, it's you're going to have enough money to live like a king forever. So what's what's left to conquer? And I think it's just legacy. Then it's just about breaking records, kind of like Tom Brady, you know, not Mm -hmm. saying he's an elitist cabal, but this whole like, what else do you have to prove? And he's like, I just want to fucking break records. I just want right. on my tombstone, I fucking broke this record and that record. And I'm just the best that there ever was. And I'm going to try to get so far ahead of the game that it's going to take, you know, three, four, five hundred years for anybody to tr- even come close to any of the records that I set on this gl- on this planet. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's the motivation. Well, there. and for Tom Brady anyway, now he probably has to work because he... Uh... Supposedly lost all his money in FTX. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of like prior to the divorce, yeah, of course. Like when people were saying, "What do you have to prove?" and I was kind of one of them. Like, why don't you just fucking? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just fucking coast, man? You, you got a sweet deal with Fox Sports, three seventy-five million for I don't know how many years. Ten years. That's that's pretty good deal. That that's that's pretty strong. Yeah. What what more do you do you need? You had a beautiful wife, a great family. Like why do you why do you have to do it? And maybe it's just that like the ego the ego is dangerous. And I'm mm-hmm. not trying to like shit on Tom Brady by any means, but the ego like it it sometimes doesn't follow a lot of logic the cost benefit analysis mm-hmm. kind of gets shoved aside but then again you kind of have to have that ego because that's how you accomplish great things to begin with right like if he didn't have an ego to to begin with he wouldn't have been the athlete that he is today right and then we go well why are you trying to do more why don't you just stop at you know one super bowl well he's two three four five six seven. like he just doesn't stop mm-hmm. and that's that quality is what people love about him and attribute to his greatness is just his like insane discipline. Yeah. But then you go at what cost sort of like at the cost of your family, of, of your well being. you know, it's kind of like that. What's the story of, um, I don't know, the Greek mythology, hubris, you know, he fell Apollo possibly. I can't remember. I don't really know much about Greek mythology because it's fake like the Bible, but uh, essentially, he 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 became too powerful and strong for his own good, and he he couldn't really see his weakness. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you know his greatest strength became his weakness because he you know essentially demolished his life because he was so focused on a goal that the most important things that he probably should have been focusing on prioritizing possibly family, children, 
whatever, um, he just he decided to uh, put them a little bit on the back burner. But nevertheless, um, I did kind of want to talk a little bit about the Kanye stuff. Okay. Just because it's such a big, a big fucking story that I feel like, and I really do feel like yesterday's show, the Alex Jones show, uh, what are Infowars, I do feel like that was a pivotal, a pivotal move moment. Even though he's been saying some crazy stuff, I really, up until yesterday, thought he could walk it back. Yeah. I really did. Because he said some things that people, a lot of things that people could interpret as anti-Semitic. You know, a lot of things where he could just, you know, be claiming that he's making a criticism of a, a, a cultural group of people. Call me crazy. I still think he could walk it back if he did it right. I mean, at this point, you have to just plead insanity. You yeah. have to just say, I I was going through some shit. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You have to disappear. You have to go into rehab or some sort of mental mm-hmm. institution. And that's the only road to redemption. There's yeah. no, like, coming out tomorrow and going, oh, I was just kidding. Or, I'm sorry. Yep. You, you have to have a complete and utter meltdown and claim to have a meltdown and just hope and pray that people are still on the mental health is a stigma train Mm -hmm. and trying to break the stigma train and just hope that you can say, Hey, I'm, my brain is broken. Please forgive me. Um, but yeah, yesterday I was getting messages from a lot of people and I got a screenshot of Kanye on the show but I didn't know it was Kanye. It was like my friend sent me a just a, a screenshot of it. And if you don't know, Kanye yesterday was kind of in blackface. He was kind of just a yeah, black sock mask. I don't know if he was trying to conceal his identity. It seemed a little bit odd because he was obviously saying who he was. Yeah. And Alex Jones introduced him as Kanye West. So it was a little bit bizarre. Um so I just got a text from my friend with a screenshot, and it just said, yeah, like, yikes, this is bad. This is really bad. And um, I, I looked at it, and I was like, I don't even know what or who that is. And then on my way home yesterday, you know what's bad when, like, wild 94.1 is talking about it, you know, because they're mm-hmm. always like, it's Megan Thee Stallion's birthday today, blah, blah, blah. you know, like whatever. It's Cardi B's fucking show. She just had a baby. They talk about a lot of mindless pop culture bullshit, but it was on Wild 94.1, and all of a sudden I just hear this chick come in with a somewhat melancholy voice. She wasn't upbeat as she usually is, and she was like, yo, I don't know if anybody just saw Kanye. She didn't even say Alex Jones. Like, it was weird. She didn't even want to get like talk about Alex Jones on you know, wild 94.1. She just said he was on a podcast and uh, he said some things that he's going to get in a lot of trouble for. And I immediately was like, Oh, that's probably what my friend is referring to. Like, cause I didn't even know okay, I was on my yeah. way home. I just saw the text that just gotcha. said, yikes. So I'm like, that's probably what she's talking about. And it's probably hitting hard. So that's when I immediately get home. And then Will texted me about it as well. I'm like, I'm trying to fucking, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, I, I I recorded with Tara yesterday. So sometimes in the span of a few hours, some shit hits the fan yep. and you're just not aware of it yet. So I get home and I start watching all the clips and I'm like, oh, 
Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's not good. You can't say nice things about Hitler, you know. And it, I'm not defending Kanye at all, but I also understand when it's like you can't say, like, even Bubba didn't even want me to say, like, Hitler was smart. Right. Like, I'm, this, these are, f- like, fucking facts, bless you. These are facts, like, I, I don't think that, like, most impactful leaders are dumb. I, right. I don't think that that's usually the case. You can hate them all you want, but all of these leaders, whether it be Stalin, whether it be Pol Pot or Mussolini or whomever, um, Xi Jinping, like, these people are competent. Yeah. They're, you can you can separate their their dumb ideas from them being smart. Yeah, you can have bad ideas and be a competent person. You mm-hmm. can be a bad, a very evil and bad person, but still be brilliant. Like you can have gifts and be charismatic leader, like Hitler was, very captivating. I mean, I don't know if anybody has ever seen. Hitler give a speech and not that we any of us really speak German, but you can kind of just see by the body language that he was very entertaining to watch. He was yelling a lot. A lot of yelling, uh, very uh, boisterous, but but that doesn't I'm not trying to, like, give the guy a compliment by saying he's smart or he was an impactful leader or charismatic. These are just kind of facts, you know, Um or that he brought Germany out of the the wreckage of World War One and and the Treaty of Versailles, where you know Germany was re- again. I'm not trying to make everyone feel sorry for Germany. I'm just saying how it was when they lost World War One. The Treaty of Versailles wasn't very favorable to Germany. Yep. Fair enough. They were the ones that fucking pretty nah. Well, they they really uh, revved it up. You know, it yeah, was yeah, sparked yeah. by other shit, but they were really. The ones that um that uh were the main aggressors of World War One and World War Two. So mm-hmm. okay, so Hitler takes this country that's pretty much in shambles. People were burning banknotes like fiat currency for like warmth because it was yeah. more useful as fuel to that's burn so than to buy bread. Like it was something, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what their currency was. Let's say Prussian dollars, whatever. Like it was a $400 million Prussian dollars for like a loaf of bread. Right. So people were just burning money in the street to like keep warm because they didn't have enough fucking like firewood. Who knows? I just know that Germany was not in a good state. They, uh, Apparently, we're big into the uh, pharmaceutical game. Mm-hmm. And the Treaty of Versailles said, well, you can't fucking make that anymore because that's a big source of your revenue and fuck you. So they started creating other sorts of drugs. Pervitin got in there and whatever. So, uh, you know, you take this hopeless country that's in shambles after World War One, and you have someone like Hitler walk in and he's saying... You know how we're all fucking suffering and we got no money and people can't feed their families. Well, it's the Jews. You know, it's that it's the, yeah. not going to say it. It's the Jews. Now, here's the thing about starting a campaign like we hate the Jews. Um, it's very hard to convince people of something that there aren't already undertones for. Like, yeah. You don't just start, like, walk in and everybody loves Jews 
and and I'm trying to think of like someone that everybody like loves in America. Like uh, I'm trying to think like a pretty. Can you think of someone who's like loved and endeared by this country to. that like is like across the board everybody loves? Like I don't know, like a Jennifer Lawrence or not not even that because she's kind of like political, but whatever. Michael yeah. Jordan, I don't know. Tom Brady, say let's just say Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say, uh, to have a leader come in and go, we hate Tom Brady. It's really hard to convince everybody that to get, we're like, fuck you. But if you come in saying like, uh, Trump's a piece of shit, or you come in saying like, I hate Biden or Antonio Brown or people who are controversial Mm -hmm. in some way. It's a lot easier to gain steam that way than to come up with a completely new idea. Yeah. So obviously there were, I'm sure if I were to, again, I don't know too much, but I would say maybe of all the people that were suffering in Germany at the time after World War I, maybe the Jews were doing all right. Maybe they were doing okay and everybody else is Mm -hmm. not doing okay. And, um... There was probably some undertones of like, hey, all these Jews seem to be doing just fine. Again, I am I could be completely making this up, but you have the, these undertones of, of, of racism, like anti-Semitism, and Hitler's like, yeah, let's fucking roll with that. And it, I think he also had a personal vendetta or something about in Mein Kampf or I don't know if he was slighted by a Jewish person or he wasn't admitted into a school and it was like some Jewish guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just like, you know what? Fuck these people. Let's, you know, and you can kind of, I galvanize morale. Yeah. By having a common thing that you dislike. I mean, let's all just kind of examine our own lives for a minute. Uh, is there a better bonding experience than talking shit about someone you both hate? No, it's awesome. It's amazing. You know, I mean, it's real. And you don't you don't even really have to hate them. You just have to kind of like think that they're like kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. That's really what saved me and my sister's relationship is the fact that we both had shit to say about a friend of mine and how she's kind of gone off the deep end. And me and my sister don't see eye to eye on much. Mm-hmm. Politics, relationships, uh, uh, occupation. Medicine, science, the the world as we know it. Me and my sister are pretty opposite in that regard. But we found common ground talking shit about someone we both know. It really brought us together. So when you think about that sort of um, social engineering, communal engineering, and you know that people bond more over things that they dislike. Think about... All the people who are, let's go, Brandon. Oh, mm-hmm. you see, let's go. Hey, high five or fuck Trump. High yeah. five. Like that really unites people more than the things that they love is the, are the things that they commonly hate. Yes. I think there's more, a higher level of emotion involved in things that, you know, we're trying to avoid. Um, so when you have that, ooh, right farm, John, is that it? 1999 and bitch mm-hmm. one. Thank you very much. So when you kind of know this about the way that humans function and you go, hey, listen, we can scapegoat the Jews. We already know a lot of people don't already like them. Let's start this campaign rolling and we can kind of galvanize support. And on top of that, you can then, um, you know, I'm not going to call it reparations, but 
take wealth from some people and redistribute it to others. Right. That's kind of what happened. Um, so, you know, the fact that people just think, like, how could this happen? And that was a question, like, growing up when, you know, growing up Jewish and you go to Sunday school. And, I mean, I remember after my bat mitzvah, there was, like, a year or two where it was, like, a Holocaust-intensive, like, classes about, you know, different aspects of the Holocaust. How did it happen? Why did it happen? When did it happen? Where did it happen? Like the concentration camps and individual stories. And they would bring in Holocaust survivors and they would talk to us about things like that and making sure that, you know, not hashtag never again, but that's kind of what it's never again. We can't have this happen again. So then, you know, now what What are we removed? 80 years removed from the Holocaust ended in what, 45 um, and then you have someone like Kanye who's just unwell and is just spewing shit and people are very, very afraid, very afraid, um, because they don't want a repeat of something like the Holocaust because, and, and, and again, when people are like, oh, well, just words, it's like, and again, I, I, I talked a little bit to Tara about this yesterday, but it's like, on one hand, yes, it's just words and people who already hated Jews. Mm-hmm hate them all the same, and people who didn't hate Jews before Kanye aren't going to probably be swayed by his remarks. But also, I understand that, like, this seems like a... a, a, People are very sensitive to the fact that, like, if there are... There's an ethos of anti-Semitism that something like the Holocaust could happen again. And uh, that's very scary, especially to, you know, a group of people who are like, what... 0.01% 0.01% of the world population, maybe even less, mm-hmm. like a tenth of 1% of the population is Jewish. It's a very small minority of people, but many would say a small minority that has a um, disproportionate amount of power. Yeah, there's only like eight or 10 million Jews. Oh, okay. It's not very many. It seems like there should be more. Yeah. We are kind of OG fucking, you know, we were the ones that kind of rolled up and like, there's one God. What is that? Monotheistic religion. Mm-hmm. We we started that. Y'all bit off us, but that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, that's a Christianity. I mean, Jesus was a Jew, right? Uh, I believe uh, Ishmael, uh, Abraham's son, also a Jew. And then through him and, the you know, whatever, he became, it led to the... Islamic religion. So, you know, if you if you combine all the monotheistic religions, it's like, what, like 80% mm-hmm. of the world's population. So, but, but most people are not Jewish. And so it's very scary to people. Um, and you and I actually watched a, I don't know if you were awake from most of it, but it was a documentary about the Hasidic. I saw it all. Yeah. And how abusive they've become just among their own and how when someone talks bad or tries to leave the community, it's not like they try to keep them in. They ostracize you and they try to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. If you have children or, you know, you're not going to see your children anymore and you just have to completely abandon post and start a new life fresh. And at the end of that documentary, the guy who left one of the guys whose Mm -hmm. name was loser, by the way, with his a Z. Pe- with his, it was L-U-Z-E-R, and, but it's Loser. Yeah. It's fuck, his name was fucking Loser. I'm like, 
You'd Couldn't you go with name, David? Change your name. Yeah. Loser. Or L or L-U or Lou or something. Yeah, Lou. Be Lou. But loser is not. So, you know, at the end of that document documentary, I remember they were discussing, like, why does the community ostracize people who are like, you know, this one woman was getting beat all the time, raped by her husband. She had seven kids, and then, like, her husband's trying to take the seven kids away from her. She can't see her kids. The the uh, community, like, um, crowdfunded to get the best fucking lawyers to yeah. get her children away from her. Mm-hmm. And they were discussing, like, why they try so hard and, like, why it's so important and why they ostracize. And essentially, it's, like, it's because that community has like suffered so greatly from the Holocaust, you know, Jews generally, but like especially Hasidic Jews, just because it was like so obvious they were Jews, I'm assuming, and whatever. There was it, they they were all over like Eastern Europe, like that's where they were. So you have uh, the Hasidic Jew- Jewish community took a, a major hit and they're trying to regrow. So that's why they encourage people to have a shit ton of kids because they're trying to make up for like the six million that were lost, mm-hmm. essentially. And that's why it's like so important to them to stay insulated, to have strict rules. And then if you try to, you know, uh, defect that you're completely ostracized, you have no resources. And, and apparently uh, very little education. Yeah. Like the only education they really received is in religious studies is, you know, yeah. the Torah and the Talmud and. Shit like that. So you you have no skills when you leave. Oh, you're you're not allowed to use like the internet. So you don't know how TV. to like. Yeah, this one guy was like, I didn't even know how to Google how to Google. Like he didn't even know, yeah. like how do you research how to work the internet? Like he didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And oh, he, he, had right. a, he said he said he found Wikipedia and it was like blew his mind. He's like, wait. So you're telling me I could just go to like this one thing and it has like all the information you'd ever want to know? Yeah. It's wild that a group like that is so insulated in a part of uh, the world in America, especially that is so populated. They're mm-hmm. mostly in Brooklyn, New York. And it didn't say like almost all of them are on welfare. Um, Yeah, I think or, like, so. Like a huge percentage of them are on welfare and like reduced income housing or something. Yeah. And that they, a lot of, a lot of them, like they have their own ambulance and everything because they have so many like traditions where things are mm-hmm. unclean or, you know, they have to do differently. You have to have a rabbi bless, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of like this insulated group that's just kind of left alone for the most part. And so if you're a woman, and not saying everybody in that community is like raped or abused, but if you are, there's really no help for you. Because if you try to talk out against anybody in the community, like, they'll shun you, they'll ostracize you. And that's what happened to this one woman who was like, I've just been, I've been beaten and raped. And, like, now I have seven fucking kids. I don't know what to do. I have no skills. And, you know, her parents won't speak to her. Her siblings won't speak to Mm -hmm. her. Her husband is trying to get the seven kids because they're like, if you want to leave, fine. But you as sure as shit are not going to have seven modern kids. Like, those are, that's ours. We're trying to rebuild. It's so weird, too, because, like, when things are growing well, a group like that is fantastic. But when things don't start going well, a group like that is horrific Well, for the individual. I would... Because, because like they said, like, 
anything like if if uh, if one of the guys in the community was like, "Hey, I need to help building this," like they've got a group of people that would rush over to the house and help them out. And it was like, there's that, and so when it's going well, it's awesome. But the second it's not going well, it you're by yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's also great when things aren't going well for you, in the sense of like if you're sick, someone will take care of your kids. Right, right. But I'm you're... saying things are still going well. I mean, as far as group yeah. goes, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. A, a sense of community is. Essential. I mean, I have done a little bit of research into like, what is it, centarians, people that live a hundred and beyond, mm-hmm. and you know, and a lot of times when they interview people like that in Georgia or so, you know, South Carolina or wherever, a lot of times they say dumb shit. They're like, I smoked a pack a day and drank yeah. whiskey, and you're like, fuck off. Like, you gotta right. masturbate seven times a day. Right. Like something off the wall. Eye <laughs> Twinkies. You're just like, what? Like, yeah. it, oh, it's usually always something that's like. Um, against any sort of what you're common supposed- sense advice, yeah, yeah, yeah. like don't smoke, and they're just like, "That's fucking bullshit." I, I only eat egg yolks, right? Or they're like, "I eat potatoes, and <laughs> I've eaten potatoes and cheese every day for forty years, yeah. and I'm and I'm I, I'm just turned one hundred and two. Yep. But for the most part, especially in places where that's a lot more common, I think in like the Mediterranean countries and um, Japan, I think a lot of it has to do with diet and the way the way oh, do course. things over here is not great. Um, but beyond that is, uh, a sense of community is, um, being around people and having things to like, look forward to mm-hmm. just cause a, that gives you a will to live B that keeps you kind of sharp. Cause usually what happens with old people is like, once they start to become ostracized or, you know, no one's visits them, they don't go out, they keep to themselves or they get just put in like a in a nursing home to kind of like rot and not be around people that they like know and love. That's usually when they go downhill really quick. Right. So, um, it, which just kind of goes to show that evolutionarily we're extremely social animals. And in the environment in which we evolved, if you were ostracized by the group, you died. Mm-hmm. You can't hunt a lion by yourself or a buffalo yeah. or whatever. You right. can't, it's a group effort. You know, if you're going to the bathroom, you got to have someone else looking out telling you if there's going to be a fucking tiger that's going to kill you. While you're shitting. While you're shitting or giving birth or, like, whatever. Like, you you need a team of people. And that's why, like, anxiety and depression is so high. It's like, yeah, you fucking live alone. You don't talk to anybody. You have zero hobbies. And you're wondering why you're depressed because you work from home. You don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like Groundhog's Day every day. You do the same shit. It's like, yeah, no shit. Of course you're, you are depressed and anxious. Yeah, That's your ancestral brain saying, we need help. This is not a good situation for us. This is not how we survive and thrive. So it's no wonder that people do well when they live in a community and Mm -hmm. that's really to me the only upside of like religion is that it unites people like i think it's very sweet to like it's very like idyllic to like when i think about kind of like how bubba grew up but say even like more religious than that where it's like your small town sure and it's like Faith, family, and football, like fucking that sort of bullshit. You yeah, know, yeah. sorry. You know, but you understand what I'm saying. Where it's just like you small town, you all grew up, you go to church together. And I don't know why I'm using this accent. I'm sorry. But you understand what I'm saying is that like even though those places maybe aren't the most diverse and people get upset about that, 
I do think that there's a kind of beauty in a small town environment where people can congregate based on common values and religion and whatever. Like that's kind of seems like a nice idea to have like a tight knit community that that's not too big, you know, in a town that we've, you know, in, in you, you know, middle of nowhere, USA, where it's like, every, it was a small town. Everybody knew everybody sort of a sh- shit, which mm-hmm. is whatever. And I kind of experienced a small taste of that when I moved to Australia and was immersed into the Jewish community there. Okay. And that they weren't isolated from people. They were amongst, you know, the goys, but it was a, a very, very tight knit community. And initially, cause I was so not accustomed to that. Cause I mean, I grew up with, you know, my best friends were Filipino and white and Persian and black and uh, mixed race and Asian and everything. Like, I just think about like my, my high school dance team was just like a, the rainbow of colors. It was like a modern day commercial. It really was. I mean, like, it really was. I was like the Jewish friend. We had a Middle yeah. Eastern, whatever. And my, my black friend, Chauncey, my Asian friend, Carissa, like, mm-hmm. everybody was just different. And it didn't, and not, and we were girls, so it's not like we were really, like, cutting on each other. But, like, we we would. Like, I remember right. my black friend, Chauncey, would tell me, she's like, yeah, well, you don't get beat like I get beat. And she's like, I'm black. We do, my parents do things differently. They, my, I remember we were talking about, like, how our parents, like, disciplined us. And she was like, um, she's like, well, you know, she was black and she was like, my parents played like psychological games. Like it wasn't just a physical beating. It was a mental beating as well. She's like, they would tell me to like go grab the belt and then like go to the, go sit in the bathroom and sit on the toilet, like on whatever in the tub or something. Mm -hmm. And then they would, and they'd leave her there for like an hour thinking about it, fucking worrying about it. And then they'd come in and she'd get fucking belted. She's like, yeah, that's how my family did it. I'm like, damn. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, so yeah, there was a lot of that, but you know, I would, I would, I would argue that there's probably a stronger sense of community in places where it's a bit more homogenous, mm-hmm. just based on common cultural values and stuff like that. And and again, I'm not saying either is better or worse. It's just different. But um, the Jewish community, when I went to Australia initially, I was like. This is very incestuous, like, because I was there, I was there to party, I was there to have a good time, and it just seemed by seemed like by the time I was there, everybody had already, uh, you know, dated and fucked each other more than once, mm-hmm. you know, and then you couldn't talk to that person because they dated your friend here, and they dated this person in seventh grade, and it was crazy. So when I walked in, it was like fresh fucking me, like no one's touched me, I'm I was like, I was the foreign kid, which was interesting experience to be like, oh, she's foreign. Right. It's crazy. I talked weird. Um, they would kind of mock the way I would say certain things like aloe vera. They would just start saying like aloe, aloe. I remember like they just, it was like weird. Like when I hear someone say something that has an accent and I start repeating it. Sure. They would, they would do that with me. Like I was one time I was like, baby girl, don't even worry about that. And they were like. Baby girl, baby girl. Like they would just repeat just because it sounded interesting to yeah. them. That's funny. Yeah. So initially I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, don't you guys ever get out? Are you guys sick of each other? And, you know, I was kind of shitting on them. And yeah, I'm like, you guys just hang out with each other day after day doing the same shit with the same people. Like, don't you want to get out and meet anybody new? Oh, uh, we know we did whatever. We've been friends as we were fucking first grade, blah, blah, blah. But then I remember that one of the guys was like a 
was into film and he made a documentary about, I think it was about rock climbing uh, and his experience doing something. And it was mm. like his own, like he didn't really accomplish that much, but whatever. He made a movie about mm. it. The Alpinist. Yeah, definitely not that. But um, he made a movie about it and he had a, a showing at a movie theater. And I'm like, a movie theater? Can't we just do this at someone's house? Like, mm-hmm. And I remember my friend Shannon, who you met yep. in Denver, was like, we were friends at the time, and, and he said, uh, this house is not going to fit the, everyone that's going to see this. I'm like, what? What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? It's just a bunch of his friends, right? And he's like, you'll see. So we go to this fucking movie theater, and they, uh, I don't know if the family or the community, like, rented out an entire, and it wasn't just like a, it was like a fucking big theater with a big screen. Mm-hmm. And every seat was filled. Every fucking seat. I mean, it could have, it was probably like 250, 300 people. And he uh, turns it on. It's like just his home movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, okay. It wasn't like super well produced, but again, it's like, he's just starting out, you know, imagine this kid. He was probably yeah. like 25 and it's like, I got this movie. I made this movie. You guys should check it out. And every fucking friend, friends, dad, mom, hmm. sister, the grandma, grandpa, like everybody fucking came out to watch this kid's movie. That's cool. And I was like, what the fuck? Like it was wall to wall um, packed. And I remember thinking, okay, I get it. I fucking get it. Like this this group sticks together. Mm-hmm. You, you need something. The community shows up. They are there for you. You know, if anybody comes on hard times with money, which please they did not because they're not going to say it. They were Jewish. But, um, you know, you could stay at anybody's house. You could do whatever, you know, that people would fucking help you out. And, and I remember when I got there and I'm just like, yeah, I'm Jewish. And I mean, I was getting invited to Shabbat mm. dinners. Come here. Come there. You need here. I stayed at Shannon's uh, family's house. He would. Yep. He didn't- Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I didn't even live there anymore and I needed a place to stay for about a week because of the lease before I moved, went to Thailand. And his mom's like, stay with us. The, the, and the sister like came home and I was like in her bed and because she was staying at her boyfriend's house all the time. And she was just like, oh, hi. I'm like, hi. I'm like, your parents said I could live here for for a minute. She's like, yeah, no problem. Like it just the the community was just fucking there for you. Hmm. Anyways, um, long rant to say that, uh, you know, people stick together. And if you're ostracized, it's it's uh, it's frightening. But Kanye, do people think that this man is of sound mind? And Uh, how can they? And at what point can you just say? Do you say it's not okay? Because in my mind, if you are mentally unwell, again, this is just my opinion, and you start saying some outlandish shit, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be consequences, but then do you really do you, do you really start combating by saying, like, let me educate Kanye or let me rain some knowledge on him or he's trash or he's a mean person you go this person is sick you know i don't know if you're familiar with um like nursing homes and stuff like that and what goes down but a lot of times when people get old and maybe they weren't racist at all during their life or maybe they were at the beginning of it right but a lot of the people that work in nursing homes are Asian, a lot of Filipinos, and a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. And some of the horror stories that I've heard about the way that they're, the things that are said to them when they're in that nursing home, uh, the N-word flies. They get very a lot. racist and sexual. Yeah, they do. They get very sexually aggressive, and they also start throwing out racial epithets. And where did I, I think it was when my grandmother who had Alzheimer's, right? Like one of the like sweetest, like generous person, people you've, you know, probably ever met. Very docile, like, oh, just like to almost to a fault, like a a little bit too much of a people pleaser. Helped my parents out when when we moved to the States and took care of me as a kid while my parents were working because my parents refused to bring in like a stranger. So they... Recruited my grandma from Israel to come, mm-hmm. who was South African, but whatever. She comes. She helps with my mom's business. She helps raise the kids. She's just an awesome safta, right, which is grandma in Hebrew. 
So uh, towards the end of her life, you know, it seems like she went in the way, way back machine. <laughs> she got anti-Semitic. <laughs> back to the days of apartheid when uh, where she grew up. And she's just, you know, casually throwing around terms that maybe wouldn't really fly. Mm. And I remember, like, my dad being just, like, what do you say when your elderly mom or dad starts letting it fly with stuff and there's a black person or an Asian person and they're just saying the most like horrific things like <laughs> casually to that person, you know, about, you know, in the, in the America we have the N word, but in South Africa they have a, a word that I believe starts with a K or C. Maybe you know what it is, mm-hmm. but that word was used. Um, hmm. And you just go, well, um, you know, they weren't like this a few years ago. I'm just letting you know. And it's funny because, like, the nurses, <laughs> the, it's like the response that is the most understanding but also the most horrific is they just go, oh, this happens all the time. Right. Like, don't even worry. Like, yeah. they're completely unfazed yeah. by it. And you just go, that's even more disturbing that you get this all. They're just like, they're old. They, mm-hmm. They're not of sound mind. So if a person in a nursing home who is being called the N-word by an old white guy who is just completely senile and the family's trying to defend him. They're like, don't even worry about it. Like they're so cool about it. Not saying it's okay to do that, but you, they also know that this person is not of sound mind. Yeah. Now I'm saying, can we apply that same logic to Kanye West or yay or whatever the fuck his name is? Can we say this, this guy's out of his fucking mind to try to combat it with like, could you imagine if the nurse was like, let me educate you. And he's just like <laughs> shitting himself. Like you can't, what you're wasting your time. Like this yeah. person is, the brain is broken. So I'm Much like Kanye. Right. So you just go, maybe Kanye West's brain is broken. And to try to combat it with like, you're a horrible racist, mean person. It's like, what's the point? He's, He's sick. You know, maybe he's not sick in a way that that society like a, has a consensus on. Like, he's not like old and senile. He's just like he's a younger dude. who's. Mm-hmm. But these people can still young people can still go crazy and, and, and go into a manic state where, you know, they're not thinking straight. Or maybe this is just who the fuck he is. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I think. If I, my very non-clinical opinion, um, I think that he is, uh, he's a, a pretty classical narcissist, mm-hmm. which is fine. A lot of people are like that. I think the fact that he's a narcissist who's been proven right, like it's one thing to be like, I'm amazing, I'm great, and everyone's like, you fucking, you suck. Like you keep bragging, you got, you you're shit, you're poor, you got nothing, no legs to stand on. It's another thing to be like, I'm amazing, I'm great, and then be a fucking billionaire. Yeah. And be like, I fucking told you I'm amazing and great. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna rap. Because originally he was just a producer. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm gonna rap now. And then he fucking kills it, makes all these albums, and, you know, they go multi-platinum. With his jaw wired shut. Yeah. 
And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking start a fashion company. And everyone's like, you can't do that. You're just a producer. Watch me, bitch. And mm-hmm. he does it. And he fucking kills it. Mm-hmm. And he comes out with Yeezys and he's making all his fucking money. He's signing with Adidas, da, 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 da. And then he's like, uh, you know, I'm going to marry like like with the, the hottest, most famous, whatever, socialite. You fucking can't do that. Watch me, bitch. And he does that. And he has four children with this woman, which is really well, less. He, to be honest, he ended up getting with Kardashian. That's what I said. Oh, okay. I thought you said the hottest. Most well, famous. I mean, like. I know what you meant. They, they <laughs> kind of set the standards of beauty I wherever they are. More influential than like. But they are like attractive, like whether it's fake or real. Like, okay. Kendall Jenner is a Victoria's Secret model. Like, that's it's a hot family, whatever. Yeah. So he gets with this uh, woman and whatever. So he, you, for so for people to be like, how did he become so narcissistic? It's like we did that. Like we, yeah. <laughs> he he said I'm a fucking genius, and we said yeah you are, and he was just said whatever, and we're like yeah you are. Here's our money. We're gonna buy your shoes and your music and your clothes and whatever else. So the fact that he has this like grandiose idea of self or like how did this happen? It's like because he's actually good at some shit. Right. Is he as brilliant as he thinks he is? Probably not. But whatever. It's life is momentum. Like once you, you know, like you think about someone who tries to start a podcast out of nothing, they're gonna they suck. It, mm-hmm. It's not gonna. It's gonna take a while to to catch some some growth. But if you are Bill Burr and you want to start a podcast. Or you are The Rock or Obama and you want to start a podcast, people are going to probably start listening to it. You're probably not going to have to, like, they're probably not going to start with, like, five listeners, five subscribers. Like, right. <laughs> you've already built up your name. So that's kind of what happens with just, you know, oh, Kanye West, the rapper's, like, putting out shoes. I'm going to buy some because I like his music, mm-hmm. whatever. Do you think I should dress up like Kanye on Monday? With the sock over your head? Yeah. Yeah, why not? With the seam, like, right down the middle? Yeah, I know. It was kind of disturbing, but. Whatever. So, it, do we really fault someone who is, at least in my estimation, visibly unwell? I I don't know. I I also think like to combat like, can you believe what Biden said? It's this is. I'm like he's right. fucking senile. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, yeah, he is has dementia. Like when people say that, they like treat him as like especially in the news they're like and he said this which is like really horrible because he he means this it's like no he's 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 not up upstairs it's not going well it's basically weekend at bernie's but he's still alive right he's a shell of a human being you know who's just pretty much running on i don't know pervitin and adderall i i don't i don't know what to tell you Mm -hmm. so to criticize things that he says is literally insane like you're dumber than him if you're trying to combat that. So that's just kind of where I'm at with Kanye. I feel like people like to get my opinion on it because they're like, you're Jewish. Like, how do you feel? Are you scared? Like, no, I'm I'm not. Um, so what you're saying is you also like Hitler and he did a lot of cool things. <laughs> Whatever no. the idiotic stuff yeah, Kanye I mean, saying. that's pretty fucking crazy. Just stupid but to say I, that. But... But I also understand the point where it's like you really can't bring up like for let's just use Saddam Hussein because oddly that's less controversial. Yeah. But let's just use Saddam Hussein. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of good things for the Iraqi economy. 
he was a pretty good leader. The education was getting better. The infrastructure mm-hmm. was better. Roads were better. Bridges were better. Like, he did a lot. Now, that kind of gets, you know, overshadowed by the fact that he was gassing Kuwaitis. Like, right. And it's funny. It's kind of like if you live next to a murderer, you live next to Jeffrey Dahmer. But he was, like, always really nice to you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're like, yeah. ah, he was great. Like, he didn't bother anybody. Like, bro, his lawn was beautiful. He always had it mowed. It was immaculate. Like, like um, you he know. He was always bringing me food. Ted Bundy was always, he always came to work on time. And he always had a smile on his face. Like, yeah, he was murdering yeah. bitches left and right. But, like, to be honest, he was employee of the month yeah. several times. Right. So it's like, you know, usually when someone does something horrific, everything else kind of gets forgotten mm-hmm. or eradicated. Mm-hmm. And then to bring it up is somehow like defending the bad things that they did. Right. You know, and I like remember now I think it was like a dietary thing, but I remember my dad telling me that like Hitler was a vegetarian, <laughs> you know, and he's like, it's just a fact. He's like, and I think at the time my dad thought it was like, cause he had an affinity for animals, but it, I think it was a, a, like a gestational, okay. uh, a gas gastrointestinal issue that he had. Okay. So I think it was more like a health thing. But, you know, my dad was just like, kind of weird. Like, I like animals. My dad at the time was a vegetarian. Now he's a vegan. But he was like, I'm a vegetarian. Like, Hitler. Like, you know, kind of a joke. But, like, people are multidimensional is what I'm saying is, like, you can have a really good experience with someone who is a psychopath or a murderer because maybe they were nice to you, you know? Right. So you go, well, that's fucking weird. That's he's not a good person, but he was nice to me. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, Marbles was always really nice to me. Pockets. Remember Marbles, po- a.k.a. Pockets? Really nice to me. I didn't like the fact that he was around all the time. That bothered me about him. But he always greeted me with a smile. He always asked how I was doing. We played a very long game of Monopoly, and he was the dealer and was very kind. He always asked me, you know, if he was making food, if I wanted some. Mm-hmm. He was, a, by you know, all accounts considered, he was a nice guy to me. Now, he did end up murdering the next girl he dated after my roommate and then killing himself in a very horrific and gruesome manner. Gruesome manner. But the, does that take away from the fact that he was really nice to me? Can both things be true? I'm just saying that, like, it's also important to be just, like, a nuanced person. Now, I'm not going to go out and say Hitler was great. He was a vegetarian and he did wonders for the German economy. I'm not going to say that because you can't say that sort of shit. And usually when you do something egregiously bad, it kind of overshadows maybe yeah. all the other things you did. But also, it's oh, it should be okay to be like, yeah, that Saddam Hussein was a bad fucking dude, so and yes. not but, but and he did things for the Iraqi economy. Right. So you're not allowed to say that like, from when the time Hitler get into power until he started World War II, you're not allowed to say that Germany did better. You can't say that Germany did better with Hitler in power. Yeah, like a lot better. I mean, you got to look at metrics. You got to look at, like, well, what do you mean better? Like, economy? Sure. Like, okay, fine. But um, it. I think we should be able to be, like, adults with thinking brains and go, yeah, it, it 
it's obvious mm-hmm. that Hitler was a genocidal, homicidal, maniac, drug addict. Like, he was a not a good person. He had CTE. He had CTE. But, you know, you, you could say that and make it obvious and then say, let's talk about his life and kind of go through the things mm-hmm. that he did and come to uh, the table understanding that people are multidimensional and that, you know, sometimes even if they're psychopaths and do horrible things, there's a byproduct where someone benefited somewhere from it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's should be okay to discuss, but you know, like NASA. Y- yeah, yeah. You could talk about <laughs> like I know you mentioned Operation Paperclip, but a lot of people don't know what that was. But that was kind of just a carving up of the um, the uh, Nazi smart people, German elite scientists, yeah, who were really like good at what they did. Yeah, and if we didn't grab them up, the Russians were going to. Yep. So. We kind of took them and said, you work for us now and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, maybe we didn't need to elevate them as much as we did. Make them heroes. Yeah, that maybe we could have done better. But nevertheless, like, you know, here we are, America coming in to save the day. And then we are absorbing Nazis and putting them in positions of power in our own country. We're multidimensional, too. You know, yeah. that's what happens. You know, I don't I don't believe people are good or bad. It's like people do things. And sometimes those things are good and sometimes those things are bad. And sometimes those things start out being good and end up being bad or the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's just it's important to understand like the character development. Like it's funny to think that like Hitler was a toddler. Like he was he was just at one point Hitler was just a fucking baby. He was just a painter. And if you would have punched that baby in the face, you would have been a monster. Right. Hitting that baby right in his fucking face. Yeah. With his little baby stash. Yeah. If you would have, hold on. If you would have killed Hitler as a kid, you'd be in prison forever. Still, you'd still be in prison. You'd be a 142-year-old in prison. Yeah. You'd be a really bad person if you punched that baby. Yeah. But like. But Hitler was just a baby at one but point. But like looking back, you, everyone's like. Why didn't someone just kill him as a kid? I wish he would have. <laughs> someone would have strangled that baby. No, I know. Someone would have kicked that baby right in his testicles, little baby testicles. Yeah. So, you know, you think about like stuff like balls. that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it just, it leads, it leads down an interesting path of, yeah. you know, and again, I'm not trying to pass the buck of blame where it's like, well, Hitler was abused as a baby, you know, that whole mm-hmm. that whole that old gag that people say. And again, I, I don't think that when we look at people like whatever, Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy or whatever, all these horrific people, and you go, Well, they couldn't help it. They were uh sodomized as a kid or they were abused or they were that. I really don't think that that's excusing behavior, but I do think that it's important to explain behavior. Yes. So that's what I always say when I'm like, well, this person was abused, and they go, so you're excusing it? I'm like, are you listening to me? I think I'm explaining that this may have contributed to their behavior as an adult. That doesn't mean I don't think they should be culpable or they shouldn't be put away in prison for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is that possibly, from a scientific perspective, if you are fucked as a kid, maybe when you grow up, you're going to do some bad things. So let's try to stop the abuse as children because it seems to have a bad effect on that person as an adult. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. I'm not saying that, you know, 
you're 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 not you shouldn't be blamed for anything because of bad things that have happened to you and then hurt people hurt and people or whatever. So I don't know. I just feel like we should be a little bit more nuanced. But on the other hand, being a little bit nuanced doesn't mean going on Alex Jones and saying I like Hitler and I like some Nazis. Like that's probably not how you how you do it. No. And that's certainly not the hill you wanna you wanna die on for Maybe sure. Kanye, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I don't know the play. I, I, do, I, I would love to sit with Kanye for like a half a day and just you know be like, what's 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 going, dude? What's going on, man? What's like, what's your deal? I don't think that would help because he just gonna oh, ramble. Want I just want to know. No, no, no. But I don't think that would help you understand. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I know, like, but it's gonna be fun. I just think he would ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble. And then he starts talking about shit. You're like, I'm a black Jew, not Jewish. I'm an Israelite. Like, you're like, ugh. I'm so a, are you. I'm just, I think we would leave with more questions than answers at that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't think you'd get much out of it. It would just be kind of like the ramblings of a madman. The thing I don't like is... People that say, oh, well, Alex or, or whoever should have never had him on their show. What are you talking like, Absolutely, you do. Yeah, he needs all the viewers and help he can get. But, but anybody, anybody, sh- like, like. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Lex did. Yeah. Now, it just seems with every progressive podcast, he says shit that's like more and more insane. I know. So, uh, but you know. But have him on. If he, if, yeah. If he sent me an email, was like, hey, can I come on the show? I'd be like. I will stop doing whatever I'm doing at that second and get you like, let's go, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. But I do, I do think what like Ben Shapiro, who most of us know who that is. Um, he was like, dude, this guy's sick. Like, you of know, and, and and Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jewish man. Like, you know, if, if anyone's going to get upset, it's going to be him. And he was like, let's, he said, let's stop giving him the spotlight and get him some help. Like he's just not well. Sort of a thing. And I, I, I kind of agree with that assessment, you know. I mean, Ben Shapiro could have said, like, anti-Semitism in America and say all this shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of cu- came to it with a, a, a pretty logical mind, just saying, like, this is... I, at some point you go, this guy's crazy. Like, what? Exactly. We can't, we can't, We can't take what he's saying, you know, at, at face value because he's not... And try to make sense of it. He's not well. You know, you see... You see children act out for attention and they do crazy things like, you know, mm-hmm. they'll hit a dog or whatever. Just do things that you're like, no, you can't do that. But they're they feel like they're being ignored or they're not getting attention. And I feel mm-hmm. like Kanye is kind of doing that. Like he's just hitting the dog so that everyone will pay attention to what he's doing and right. throw a tantrum and say outlandish shit because he just wants people talking about him. And the more that people talk about him, good or bad, I think kind of feeds into what he himself already knows is that, you know, I am, I've, I'm worth being listened to and I'm so influential that, you know, people are, are obsessed with me. Like, think about if like. You know, you look at Trump or you look at any sort of even just any celebrity, it's like people are obsessed with you. So if he's saying people are obsessed with me and then he says something like, I love Hitler, and then everyone's paying attention to him, he's like, this is exactly what I thought. Mm-hmm. You're feeding into my ego, whether it's good or bad. You are obsessed with me. You can't get enough of me. Everything I say offends and upsets you. Like if I say something crazy, like, 
not a lot of people are going to hear it because I don't wield that sort of influence. But if Kanye says something and the world explodes, he's like, look at the reaction I have on yeah. other people. You know, and and he knows that he can just kind of like with one tweet or one interview. Well, like, no more tweets, but. Yeah, well, <laughs> before be, today. He'll be back. But with one message or or interview, he can completely dominate global news. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd probably think that I was a, I was pretty badass too if I could dominate the news sure. by saying something outlandish, because I wielded so much influence. And I think that's just what he's doing is he's just kind of like feeding his own ego by saying outlandish shit, and he just sees the headlines and he's like, look, everyone's fucking obsessed with me. He's like, I'm mm. a god. I'm a, I'm a genius. And like, they, they cannot get enough of me. You can't ignore me. Yee. So I think that is the, um, that's the takeaway with Kanye. If I were to break it down. Hello, who's this? Hang on, it's Dave. How Hi, Dave. You? I know I had you waiting there for a second. I'm sorry. No worries. Um, what I was going to say is, if you, have you ever seen the movie uh, Grand Torino with, with Clint Eastwood? Yes. With, hold on, hold on, hold on. Were they like the Hmong people? Well, it's where he was. No, 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 no. no. I know. I know the, the premise. What were the group of Asians called? Oh, I don't know. Hmong. It was like H M. It was like a weird fucking um, thing. Yeah, Hmong. Thank yeah, you. Hmong. Okay. Yes, I remember that movie. But that's sort of like what you were talking about about older people just kind of getting to what Clint Eastwood was. If he didn't care, <laughs> he would say all sorts of crap, you know. Yeah, but didn't um, he come around at the end? Like he came, yeah, he came around at the end. Yeah, I don't um, think that's going to happen with like Biden or something like that. <laughs> like he's just, <laughs> you know, I think there's a difference between being stuck in your ways and then being like having dementia. But go on. No, one hundred percent. No, I was I, no not not about necessarily Kanye, but you were talking about like other people. Um, as they get older, kind of revert back to that racial thing, and that's what that's what Clint Eastwood did at the beginning. Now yeah. he's come around. Uh huh. All right. Anyway, I gotta go. Thank you. It was Dave, right? Bye. Yep. Thanks, Dave. Have a great weekend. Um. Yeah, I remember that movie, and I remember being like, I've never heard of these people before. Where are they from? And then I got in a whole Hmong vortex. I never saw it. It was. Not that great, but whatever. I was, it was just, you know, I was like, what is this? I, I'm always like very curious when I'm like, I've never heard of this group of people before. Where do you sure. come from? It was like the highlands of uh, maybe Tibet or some shit. But uh, yeah, Kanye, is he crazy? I don't know. Is it mental health? I don't know. I, I don't think you can be of sound mind and say that sort of shit. You know, uh, unless you've been unless you've been preaching this from day one, unless you're like David Duke, and you're like, dude, I've been saying this the whole time. You're like, all right, you, I really believe you. I think the thing with Kanye, <laughs> with a lot of people, is basically like, we know he's crazy, but like, how and why? Yeah, you know, like everybody knows Kanye's crazy. He was always out there. Yeah, but like people want to know, like, <laughs> how did he get so crazy, or like, why is he, you know, like, why mentally, like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Does he got like a tumor in his head? Right. Is it from the car crash? Yeah. Is it, you know, yeah. What? Like why? Well, like most things, and it, and it could be something as like um concrete as a tumor. I don't think it is, but it could be conceivably like um something that's actually wrong with your brain, something that's pressing on a part of your brain that's making you do crazy shit. It could mm-hmm. be that. But probably more likely is it's like everything, pretty much everything in your life, physical, maybe besides eye color, 
which is pretty much genetic, 100% um, heritable. Mm -hmm. But everything else from the language that you speak to the size of your body, even your height is not just genetics. It's nutrition. It's Mm -hmm. upbringing. It's, you know, if you're malnourished at a certain, during your formidable years, that's going to stunt your growth. Did you do gymnastics? And now you're built like a little box with no tits. Like, it, right. All of that comes into play uh, as far as like how you um, what you develop and what you turn into. So it's it's really an interaction effect, <clears throat> you know, and, and I know that a few years ago, no one seems to care anymore. But, you know, the gay thing, gay is kind of out. It's more like trans is in. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could apply it to trans as well. But, you know, I remember when I was in college, I took a bunch of courses on human sexuality, evolution, genetics, whatever. And I remember one of my professors being like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, gay, is it, is it uh, genetics? Is it nature? Is it nurture? And he's like, it's fucking like both. He's like, like most things, it's both. It's like, is it cake? It's like, what is a cake a cake? Is it the batter that makes it the cake? Because if you just leave a bunch of batter, it's not a cake. It's just batter. Sure. But then it's like, if you have the oven... And no cake, you clearly don't have a cake. So it's really an interaction of like the environment of the oven and also the ingredients of the recipe that make, when combined together, mm-hmm. create the end result of the cake. And he was like, that is how pretty much everything works besides a few, you know, maybe hair color, eye color, shit like that. But right. he's like, even your height, even your, you know, clearly your body, that, that has a lot to do with lifestyle choices. But the language you speak is 100% environment. Yeah. You know, if you are, if they take my white Jewish face and put me in Japan as a baby, I'm speaking Japanese. That's what's happening. Um, So <clears throat> it's interesting. But as far as Kanye West, it's, it's, it's the same there. You know, he could have a predisposition to think th- certain things and, and be a certain way. And then you combine that to just like everything. And I think I've, I've detailed it pretty well in terms of this grandiose narcissism. Yeah. That it's feeding itself and everything that he says, every single thing he has said in the last like five weeks has made the news. I would think I'm pretty much godlike if I had wielded that sort of power over the media and the population in general. Yeah. I would think that too. But like... So. And people would say, obviously, you know, it's the answer is mental illness. But like people would say, okay, well, if you have all that power, why don't you use it for good? And you can. Right. And you can. And maybe if you ask Kanye, he's saying, I am. I'm bringing light to an issue that is real and people need to recognize because I like uh, Nazis and Jews are horrible people. So maybe he feels like he's spreading the gospel. Hitler's not getting enough credit for the, the good things he did. Right, like that's his campaign. Um, you know, he really wants to be like, uh, you know, behind the music, Adolf Hitler. Like, what mm-hmm. you don't know about the man behind the stash. Right. Like, um, that's again, whatever, but also an odd hill to die on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, good and bad are really relative. You would talk, uh, you know, not to bring up nine eleven again, but it's something that most people can remember. But you think about the uh, the hijackers. I would say that if you asked most, not all, but most Americans, if those people were good people, you'd probably get a high percentage of no's. You'd probably people I would would, hope so. Probably people would say 
that those people were bad people with a bad mission, mm-hmm. with a, ba- a bunch of bad ideas and a bad plan of action, and they were uh, they were evil. But on the flip side, maybe if you go to um, I don't know the Al Qaeda training camp. And you ask, a, you you survey a bunch of people there and you go, what do you think of these hijackers? Maybe a lot of them think they're heroes. I say, oh, you mean the, the 19 heroes? <laughs> Maybe a lot of people think that the the hijackers were uh, yeah. martyrs for the cause because the West is evil. And we don't want the West's ideas in our shit because it's poison the way that they... Mm-hmm. You know, allow women to show their bodies or yeah, uh, whatever. Like the fact that they have no regard for any sort of uh, religious sanctity or whatever the case may be. You ask people, who the fuck was talking about this? I think it was Dave Smith. But he was just like, you know, uh, he was talking about like George Bush would say like, oh, they hate America because we're successful and we're white and this. He's like, is anyone listening to Osama bin Laden? Mm-hmm. He's been saying like, he's been critiquing the West for like a couple decades saying that the, their, you know, their thoughts are poison. They have like no respect for family. they no traditional values, like all this sort of stuff. And then he would be like, this is why we hate America. And then George Bush would just be like, they hate us because we're white. Or, yeah. like, he's like, is anybody listening to the man who's actually talking and saying why? So, again, you know, good and bad is is really a subjective uh, assignment, like assigning, you know, good or bad to um, an action. So, like, if you steal something, maybe the person who owns the store says you're bad for being a thief, but maybe you're stealing it because you need to feed your family. Or you're stealing it because you're stealing money because you need to pay for your dad's chemotherapy. You know, then suddenly it's like, okay, morality is mm-hmm. not so black and white in that way. Sure. So when we, you can look at one action and from multiple perspectives, you can go, this person is a hero or this person is the devil. And it can be the same fucking person. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because literally if you went to a store and saw someone stealing, mm-hmm. I mean, bread's not a good example, but let's just say bread. And they were doing it to feed their family and someone told you. Well, they stole a bread to feed their family. You'd be like, oh, okay. You'd kind of turn a blind eye. You'd be like, eh, whatever. Might turn that guy in. Same person stole a loaf of bread, but they're going to sell it on the street so they could buy drugs. Totally different thing. Right. But same action. Both a guy stealing bread. Yep. So context matters, obviously, but also like perspective matters. You know, if you mm-hmm. think that, I'm sure the, trying to think of it like an American hero that fought overseas maybe john mccain i don't know ask uh, where was he in korea you know ask yeah. ask the north koreans what they thought of john mccain or or george hw bush or whoever all of our you know freedom fighters ask britain in the fucking mm-hmm. 1700s what they thought of fucking george washington probably not a fan probably right. not a big fan of his mm-hmm. or christopher columbus or whatever like you know, so you just got to kind of look through, look not only at context, but also at perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important to to do both of those things, not so much so that you can change your mind, but just so you, honestly, I think it's the best exercise for kind of just understanding where other people are coming from. You know, like 
the perfect example of the abortion debate, which everybody loves to talk about. You see people protesting, you know, calling uh, outside of a, it's a Planned Parenthood and they're calling people baby killers. Mm-hmm. And and then the people who are pro-choice are saying, well, those people hate women and women's rights, even though there's women in the crowd. And these people hate women's rights. Right. They're trying to shut down a women's autonomy over the body. And they're evil people. And then you talk to them, the people that are protesting abortion, and they're like, we're just trying to save baby fetuses. You know, you go like, dude, like, same person. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that person's evil. I, maybe, I, I mean, I wouldn't spend my free time protesting for anything, even if it's like my own, like, right to life. Like, I'm just like, I just, are there snacks? Is there a bathroom? Like, you know, it's just not for me. I like protests. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, it's just funny that, you know, one person can see a, this pro-lifer as someone who's trying to inhibit women to, you mm-hmm. know, do what they want to do. And then an, uh, another person can be like, that person's a hero because they're trying to save baby fetuses. Right. You go, okay, all right. Like, I kind of see both sides. It just kind of helps you get perspective. And um, it, I think it's it's just a good, it's just a good a- exercise for your brain to be like, I I get it. You know, and I'm not saying you have to get it, have that same conversation about Hitler or something. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just generally speaking, you go, OK, I understand that a person who maybe lives in Afghanistan or Saudi Arabia may think a little bit differently based on how they were raised about certain things that, you know, happened in the United States around 2001. Say. Yeah. So, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for people, but I just think it makes you a more understanding person and it helps you like put things together it makes you a better problem solver and a better communicator because then you can have questions and and discussions with people that you disagree with and instead of you know locking them up by just attacking them you can open them up by pretending to be curious or being curious and then letting them just kind of dig themselves into a hole which is what my favorite technique where you just you look confused and you make them feel if you are ever with someone and especially if you're in like a group of people and you really want to like illuminate them and their bad ideas or embarrass them for what they do or don't know just act like they're the most interesting person ever and act completely non-judgmental and be like that is and then what did you cheat on him did you stab him yeah. like you know get them to keep explaining did you stab it. him i'm sure he deserved it and then you know and then you hear the story you know behind the scenes with Austin Austin Wolf, you know, how did you get stabbed? You don't come in going, you're a dirty fucking hoe that stabbed some guy. Oh, my God, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's so interesting. So tell me about your life. You know, you let just people talk. But anyways. I can't wait till they bang again. Yeah, if they haven't already. But that's all for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Blitz, thank you very much for thank all you, you do. Hope Everybody. you guys have a great weekend. And we'll see you on Monday morning. Perfect. Goodbye. Goodbye.